gentlemen, I'd like to say good morning and welcome to LFA TV's Rise Up. This is episode number 169 on this August 21st already. Christmas is just right around the corner already, guys. Year of our Lord 2023. I am so happy to be back in the seat. Mondays are my favorite days, and I think you know why. Because we all get back together again in the name of the Lord, with our armor of God on, our freedom from that Jesus has given us. I'm so very blessed to be here with you guys. Thank you every single day for being here Monday through Friday. Moose for Trump is requesting for prayers. Sick with COVID, not a serious risk, just asking for prayers. Seems so close to 200 episodes. I know, I know already. Miss Mocha Powered says, love waking up to this rise up every morning. Today is my son's heavenly birthday. 24 years old, says Army Dog. Happy birthday to your son. We love him. We love him so much. He's in our prayers. He's in our thoughts. Just merely mentioning that it's his birthday. Logan says, I love the Lord with all my heart and soul. And Logan's a young, a young uh, man. So that's great. Kittenhead, it's a Monday reunion every Monday, right? It's a reunion every Monday. Angel Fitz says, Jeremy, would you please pray for our Nana Faye on the show, please? Well, we don't know what's going on with Faye, but of course we will. Lord and Heavenly Father, we lift up Faye and her family to you, your humble children, to bless and bring healing and redemption back into their lives. And we pray this boldly in Jesus' name. Amen. Where there are two or more gathered in the name of God, that's where he dwells, ladies and gentlemen. And I am so thankful to be able to do that with you guys every morning. I've titled today's show here on this August 21st, What Race Are You Running? Because we're all running a race. Rat race, race of your job, your career. We're all running a race, every one of us. You're here for a limited time. Everything here is finite, which means there's a beginning, a middle, and the end. What race are you running? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to read from our books today. We're going to read, uh, watch some videos today. More than likely, the Holy Spirit is going to direct us down a path that somebody really, really needs today. I do not know in which path that we're ever going to go. What I do know is this. If you want your Rise Up Starter Kit, here is what you need. A cup of coffee or tea, something warm. You need your Bibles near you. You need a box of Kleenex. We're probably going to get some kind of a Kleenex sponsor someday here. And you need the Holy Spirit with you. If you have those few things, then you're ready for, your, for a Rise Up. That is your Rise Up starter kit. So why don't we go to the Lord in prayer. We're 10 minutes past the hour. Then we'll get into it. And then we'll get into the discussion of what race you are running. Amen? All right. Remove your hats if you're wearing one. If not, don't try to, uh, don't let your hair down. 
or anything like that. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Bow your heads. Think of the, the, the theme. The theme of LFA TV for this year is peace. Now, I was reading the Bible this morning, and there was a part of the Bible that said, basically to be holy to everybody that you come in contact with. Because if you're not showing them the love of God, even if it is a far-left Marxist liberal, then how are they ever supposed to see it? So let's keep that in mind today, and let's bow our heads in Jesus' name. Father in heaven, God above all, creator of all things, the fact that you even show us love, grace, and mercy, the fact that our name comes out of your mouth, the fact that you are concerned with what our future holds based on our decisions is far more than we could ever even ask for and something that we should never expect. We are made from dirt. And yet you give us this kind of love and attention. How great are you, Lord? How great are you to know the name of Nancy, to know the name of Mary, to know the name of Jeremy, to know the name of Eli, to know the very count of hairs that are on the head of Jennifer and Deb, to know the exact amount of lines in the hands of Shane and John, And Frankie, Lord, for that, we thank you so very much. And Lord, we also ask us to reveal what race that we are entered in. What marathon are we running? We'll talk about that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Logan said, Jeremy, did you get my birthday gift yet? No, Logan. Um, we uh, will be making a post office run today. We don't go to the post office every day. We did get a bunch of birthday gifts last week. Uh, before my birthday, I expect that we'll be getting a bunch more through the mail today. We'll let you know, though. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right. Let's lift up our cups, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, let's get right to it. I do have a big announcement to make for the 1,200 people that are watching live here on Rumble and the you know few hundred that are watching throughout the other platforms. Uh, my week has, my schedule for this week has changed. I will be in studio all week. I will not be going personally, nor will Sabrina be to Wisconsin. A lot of things changed this weekend. Mikey, Mike and Frankie will be going to Wisconsin uh, to represent LFA TV. I will be staying here. Uh, repeat, I will be staying here in studio with producer Eli this week as producer Frankie and Mike Crispy go to Wisconsin. Now, all those who I, uh, I haven't made any plans yet with, but all those who uh, might've been able to uh, meet up with me uh, in Wisconsin this week, that will no longer be happening. Not this time. I apologize. A lot of things changed this weekend and in media things happen like that, but we need me to stay back here Uh, and Frank and Mikey will be going. So please pray over their travels. Please pray over LFA TV's growth. Uh, We got the reports this week, uh, the Rumble top 50 top content creators with the the most uh, engagement and the most views over a month's period of time. Uh, We got that this weekend. LFA is number 27 in the world on Rumble for most views throughout a month, most engagement throughout a month. So we want to thank you so very much. 
uh, for that. That's why we always ask for shares. That's why we ask for the engagement. Um, now, folks, that's, go- that's, that's all on you. That's, that's you that did that. That is your commitment to this channel. That is your commitment to truth and to the gospel that did that. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for making a thought a reality. Making commitment a reality. And all glory goes back to God. Thank you and thank God for allowing me to be in this captain seat as we keep moving. Rumble and sharing is that important. We will break top 10 in less than eight months by God's will. Amen? All right. What race are you running? Let me get... Let's go right to the verse of the day. That's what we got to do. We got to go right to the verse of the day. That's going to explain it all. So let's do that right now. Verse of the day today comes from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. So if you've got your Bibles handy with you, open up to Hebrews 12, verse 1 and verse 2. I said, good morning. How are you today? I am ready to start a fantastic week of joy and peace. Have you ever run a race before? Have you ever run for fundraising for a school or for a charity? When you do, you generally, excuse me, know why you're running that race and what you're doing it for. Thank you for being here with me today and for helping LFA TV remain a reality. Daisy Duke says, I realize you and I both commented on Ryan's show on Sunday. I'm very concerned as it seems he's not supporting President Trump 100%. If anything, pushing Vivek, I thought LFA was MAGA. First, we don't talk about politics here on Rise Up unless it has an, uh, unless God is pushing us towards that way. We'll save that for LFA. Number two, everybody here is behind Donald J. Trump. And if for some reason they don't, well, then God will sort that out. It's not up for me to tell somebody they have to. Everybody here, whether they get mad at Trump or not, is Donald Trump. All right? Verses 1 and 2 from Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What is that saying? What is that saying? Eli, we've got a troll in there. I believe it's Trump something. Trump's anal wart. (laughs) Please get rid of that person for good. 
Now, what that's saying is to not take away, to not, let's focus on Jesus, not the troll. Let's focus on Jesus, not the calamity. Let's focus on Jesus, not the storm. We know who it is. Let's move on and focus on Jesus. What is this verse saying? This verse is saying that you're either running a race to sin or you're running a race to righteousness. You're either running a race to sin or you're running a race to righteousness. Now, you guys know that wide path, that symbolism of the beginning of the movie or of the show The Chosen with all of those fish going one way and then all of a sudden the fish turns around and goes the opposite way. The race to sin is what everybody is running. The race to righteousness is what the very few on that few, uh, that short, narrow path is running. That's what that's saying. And for so many of us, including you and I, the flesh is so strong that it makes you by default want and desire to run the race to sin. And when you run the race to sin, ladies and gentlemen, you're flirting with the devil. Let me just say this real quick. When you're running the race to sin, you are flirting with the devil. Does everybody near here know how to flirt? Do you know how to flirt? I think that's an appropriate word for what I'm trying to explain here. If you flirt with the devil... It is very dangerous. You ever heard of that saying, it's dangerous to dance with the devil? If you flirt with the devil, if you flirt with sin, the likelihood of you actually committing that sin that you are flirting with jumps and increases exponentially. Meaning that if you're flirting with any kind of a a thought whatsoever, with the devil, with sin probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Annette said, it's been a while flirting, that is. Me too. But I still flirt with my wife. You don't have to be single to flirt. You don't have to be single and ready to mingle. You don't have to be on plentyofish.com. You don't have to be swiping left. I flirt with my wife all the time. I have a crush on Sabrina still. My daughter asked me that the other day. She said, do you have a crush on mom? I said, you're darn right I do. She goes, so wait a minute. You get like all like nervous and like your heart starts to beat when you flirt with mom because you have a crush on her. I said, you're darn right I do. So I never lost my ability to flirt. I just don't flirt with the devil. I don't dance with the devil. I flirt with my wife. Do not flirt with sin. Because if you flirt with sin, if you flirt with the devil, I can guarantee you that you will make that crossover from righteousness to the race of sin. I guarantee you, your chances of that will be at about an 80% or higher if you want to flirt with it. Do not flirt with the devil. Instead of running to sin, running the race to sin, where you are guaranteed to violate God's law, Why don't you run as close as you can to the gospel? Why? Because your flesh inherently desires what you should not do. You need to shed that fleshly desire to flirt with sin. And you need to adopt that spiritual desire 
to dance and run the race of righteousness. Now, when you are faced with sin, when you are faced with flirting with the devil, I want you to do this. I want you, and you know, you know when you're about to do it, especially as a child of God. Now remember, being, everybody is not a child of God. Remember that. That label, that title is reserved for those who seek the spirit of God. For those who proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Remember that. That title is given to you and earned based on your willingness to give up the flesh. So if you are a child of God and you seek spirit and not seek flesh, here is what I want you to do. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you know, I don't have to tell you, that when you start to even think about flirting with the devil and flirting with sin and running that run, uh, race of sin, the Holy Spirit speaks to you beforehand. Now, the normies out there will call this your conscience. But what they don't understand is the Greek word conscious comes from the words with and knowledge. Con meaning with, science meaning knowledge. So you are with knowledge. How are you with knowledge if you've never learned Because God writes the Ten Commandments on your heart. You instinctively know the Ten Commandments at birth. You do not need to be taught the knowledge that God gives you when he plucks you from heaven and gives you an earthly body. Period. So rely on your with knowledge. Or if you are a child of God and understand that with knowledge means that you can rely on the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of your body that God gave you to guide you, to GPS you, wherever you needed to go, whenever you needed to call on it. Then the Holy Spirit will tell you you're about to sin. The Holy Spirit will tell you you're about to dance with the devil. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And the next time, that you are about to dance with sin, the next time that you are about to be entered into the race to sin, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture standing face to face with Satan. Picture him any way you want. I don't care. Picture him as a big, huge monster with horns. Picture him as a handsome guy who can deceive anybody. I don't care how you picture the guy. He's a loser. Picture him as a pile of crap. I don't care. That's all he amounts to in my life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture yourself face to face with him. And I want you to picture uh, feeling the kind of power he has over this world. And I want you to picture standing there and he's got weapons and armor and you've got Absolutely nothing. He is Goliath. You are David. And then I want you to picture. For if my God is with me. Who can stand against me? And yea though I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And then I want you to picture behind you. Even bigger. An angel coming down behind you with a sword 
firmly pressed into the ground on one knee. And then behind that, I want you to picture another angel, bigger than the angel that just landed behind you in that superhero pose when they land. You know the superhero landing where they land one knee down, one hand down on the ground? I want you to picture another angel behind that angel. Bigger than that angel. And then I want you to picture another angel coming down behind that angel, a third angel, bigger than the second angel, which was bigger than the first angel that are all bigger than you, that are all very much bigger than him. And then I want you to picture him running away. Remember those, you know, those movies, you know, those movies where, uh, okay, I hate to go back and do a Disney reference here, but everybody knows the Lion King. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to give you this reference. Remember when... Simba is a baby. And they get Simba to get, they, they, they corner Simba in the elephant graveyard. And Simba roars and he's just got this tiny little roar. He just goes, Rawr! and Scar and the other hyenas, they laugh at him like, oh, yeah, look at this great king. And then all of a sudden, he goes to roar again, but you hear the roar of Mufasa instead of Simba. And instantly Scar and all of the hyenas, the devil and the demons, cower. And their tail goes between their legs and they start running. Before Mufasa even pounces on them to give them a good licking, they start running. Why? Because they know what's about to happen. They know what's about to happen. That's the representation of what I'm talking about here. And it's very real. That is not a, that's not a metaphor. It's not an analogy. It's a physical representation of what exactly happens when you call on God. Like I said, if God be for me, then what and who could possibly... Stand against me. Exactly. Saw that in the chat. So, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Kamala Harris, too, Eli. He said a perfect representation. We could have uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg be cast as a hyena. And I said, eh, how about... The cackling jackal herself, Kamala Harris. Miranda Dolan, Eli, said a lion's roar can be heard for two miles. Think about that. Why do you think they're the king of the jungle? Annette said they know Simba had his father to back him up. That perfect representation. It's the first thing that the Holy Spirit made me think of to try to visualize and put to... A visual to words is what I was trying to explain. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I think it's time for a video. I think it's time for a video. Let's go and let's pull up the Rumble chat first. And let's see what the LFA family's talking about today. Whoopi is on Lion King as a hyena. To donate or sign up monthly, go to don- oh, jeremyharrell.com slash donate. Thank you, Suzanne. I hope, that new- I hope you guys got your new fridge. I hope everything's working out for you. We love you. 
Two bottles of water, three cups of coffee, and now Field of Greens time. Nick is about to be on another level, ladies and gentlemen. Already liked and shared. Well, thank you very much, Angel Girl. God bless you. Jeremy Whoopi did play a hyena in The Lion King. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Makes sense. Eli said, oh, yeah. We have orders to subdue. Take dominion. The authority and given power. Well, you know what? That reminds me of something to say before we play a video. Ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you that you were plucked from heaven to be here, do you honestly believe that that is for you to achieve an individual thing in your life on this planet? Or do you think it's part of a bigger puzzle? Part of a bigger piece of strategy? I'm curious as to what you think, and I'm going to bring the Rumble Chat back up. Do you think that God has given you a body to achieve something specifically for you, uh, Jeremy Harrell, to accomplish? Or do you believe it's part of a much bigger, 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 bigger reason? Well, I'm going to tell you, yes, it's for you to play your part. But ultimately, if you look at a 5,000-foot overview from it, you are not here for an individual achievement or success. You are here to move and bring the kingdom of God forward. You are here to reclaim what Adam gave to Satan. Remember that. That's why you're here. You are here as a child of God and a soldier of God to reclaim what Adam gave to Satan. You got to understand something here. God created Adam in, the, in his likeness, in his image, and gave him an entire planet to subdue and oversee. Think about that. He didn't even do that with the angels. That's why Lucifer is so, got so enraged. Because Lucifer thought of himself as like this incredibly high being, far much more than a creature that was given life from dirt. And God gave this creature from dirt a planet, basically in his image, that everything on this planet was to basically bow down before Adam. And Satan literally deceived Adam or tempted Adam, I should say, into giving him his birthright, like Esau did. Why do you think that Satan tempted Jesus by offering him everything in the world because he has the power to give it? Satan has the power to give Jesus everything in this world because Adam gave this world to Satan. Jesus coming back is the ultimate reclaiming of what God gave us to begin with. That's why we're here. We are here to be part of that reclaiming of what God gave to mankind to begin with. And we will reclaim it. Trust that. We will reclaim this world. Not this world. A new world. We will reclaim the birthright that God gave us. Jack says, did y'all know that we rule over the angels when heaven is brought down to earth? 
That's why Satan was so incredibly mad. How dare God give us this creature from dirt more credit, more of a birthright than him. That's why he became so incredibly jealous. And by the way, folks, the great war in heaven that was fought between the angels that were cast down and God, there are Egyptian writings that are not in the Bible, by the way, but coincide with the Bible that kind of give you a visual as to what that war actually looked like. Now, in the Bible, it talks about it briefly, but it basically leaves it up for you to imagine. But there's Egyptian writings of that great war that if you read them, again, not inspired by God, these writings, I wouldn't think anyway. I guess we'd never really know because people decided to put inspired words into the Bible uh, over time. But if you read these and if you, there's a video about it that I watched it that sent me to read it, but it's just describing the great war between Satan and his angels and God and his angels. And it is a, uh, boy, that needs to be a movie. That definitely needs to be a movie. Telling you. Because that war, regardless of what we know of it, had to be a war unlike anything we've ever seen or even can even imagine. Think about that. Satan being cast down, Lucifer being cast down from, from heaven. Boy, that must have been a war that is unthinkable. Unthinkable. And it must have been massive. All because Satan hates you so much. Hated Adam. Hates Abraham. Hated Jesus. Hates me. And here's another thing for you to think of. Lucifer and his angels collectively became Satan. Satan like Antifa. Remember how they said Antifa's not real. It's just a uh, it's just a movement or whatever they said it was. It's just an idea. Well, Lucifer is the fallen angel from heaven. And the two-thirds of the angels that went with him, or a third of the angels, whatever it was, it one-third or two-thirds of the angels that decided to go with him, they all became that Satan as well. They all became Satan. They all became absent of God. Powerful, huge, massive war that must have been. M.D. Norton, the Nephilim. One-third of angels sided with Satan. There you go. There you go. One-third. I want to read for you from page 130. Page 130. Somebody says something about the music. I hope there's not music being played right now. 
Was there music being played? You don't hear any in the background? Okay. Somebody said, I hear piano music. Yeah, there must have been some piano music. I just actually muted it the rest of the way. Wow. There's been piano music playing. Who would have thought? Anyway, moving on. Page 130 of One Minute Prayer for Dads. From Hebrews, again, 10, 24 through 26. Now, there's a reason I am reading this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what is this talking about? We'll get, we're going to explain that. The verse is talking about going to church. Not specifically going to a church, but meeting together for fellowship, to congregate for fellowship. It is very important. And if we're going to run the race to righteousness, instead of running the race to sin, then we need to teach our children and set an example for our family members that church is a necessity. Now, not every week. If you miss a few weeks of church, you're not going to hell. God isn't going to be upset with you if you miss a few weeks of church or a month or two months. But what you're doing yourself is a disservice. And I can tell you this from personal, from personal uh, experience. We miss church a lot, especially with LFA. Because a lot of the times I'm traveling or I'm gone. But I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by not finding a congregation to fellowship with. Because the amount of... This is great right here. Trust me, this is a form of fellowship. It's a form of fellowship. It really is. But it's not the same as meeting together physically and, 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 and having fellowship together. Because you draw so much closer to Jesus when you have fellowship with others. Not only that, imagine how God would use you to help somebody else at church seeking advice, seeking suggestions, seeking a friend, seeking a prayer partner. You know that old saying, you lose 100% of the opportunities you don't take? Well, that's one of them too. Deciding not to go to church, which I think I'm kind of convicting myself right now because we haven't been, church, we haven't been to church in, in, in a few weeks. For a lot of reasons, but not because we just didn't want to go. But there are people that at, at church who seek our guidance when we go. And I understand that it's hard to find a church that's good anymore. But if you can find one, first of all, seek one out. Try them. Try them. Because meeting... the Meeting together in person is so great. And if you don't want to go to church, then maybe, just maybe once a week, meet up with a few people in your community 
for lunch and have a fellowship lunch together. I'm telling you, it's not about so much getting salvation or even learning. Some people just don't learn anything at church. It's about being there for others. That's what fellowship is really about. Being there for others because you never know how God is going to use you. And like I said, if you can't find a church that you like or that's preaching the Bible, get together with some other believers once a week. It doesn't have to be a church, but fellowship is important. Matter of fact, let me take it another step further. Fellowship is needed. It's necessary. And not just the fellowship that we're doing here. Fellowship in real life with people. And if you don't go, I believe you're doing yourself a disservice for how close you could get to Jesus and what Jesus might use you for. Now, if you don't think that Jesus can use you, let me tell you an old story. Probably 90% of you have heard this story before. So if, if, if you have... Let's just listen again. Thank you, Angel Girl. $5 is a wonderful donation, and we thank you. Now, this is an old story, again, that most of you have heard, but if not, this is for you. One day, an old lady, who was a widow, lived by herself, very poor, had state assistance, and didn't get very much in the way of Social Security, was praying that God would help her fill her pantry of food. She lived on almost nothing, and she was sacrificing every day, and she did not have enough food. So she prayed and prayed and prayed out loud on this nice sunny day for God to fill her pantry. The next morning, she woke up and walked outside in her surprise to find bags full of groceries on her doorstep. She prayed out loud, thanking God. My God, you did this for me. My God, you did this for me. My God did this. My God answered my prayers. Thank you, Lord. And she grabbed all her bags of groceries and she put them inside. She put them away. She went back outside. She said, thank you, oh Lord. Oh, thank you, God. You heard my prayers. You did this for me. And just then a man jumped out of the bushes, laughing at her and said, ha! You think your God did this? Well, I'm your next door neighbor and I'm an atheist. Your God didn't do this. I did this. And right at that moment, she smiled and she said, my God did this. My God did this. Look what you've done for me. The man, increasingly getting annoyed, said, woman, didn't you just hear what I said? I'm an atheist. Your God didn't do this. I heard you praying yesterday out your window asking for your food pantry to be filled. I heard you praying to a non-existent God to help you fill your pantry with food. And to make a point, I went out. I spent my time. I got in my car. I used my gas. I drove to to the local uh, grocery store. I picked out this food for you. I used my credit card. I had these groceries bagged up and I put them on your doorstep. 
The lady smiled even bigger and said, my God did this. My God did this for me. And he said, woman, I just told you I did this for you. And she said, and made Satan pay for it. My God did this for me and made the devil pay for it. Now, that's an old story that you probably have heard. But the point of that story is God will use anybody, anywhere to accomplish anything. Any person, anywhere to accomplish anything. It's an old story, but it's a good story. Now, I don't know if the truth of that story or the validity of that story, but it's a great story. Amen? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's video time. Eli, are we, uh, are we up or down? It seems like I'm, uh, I'm frozen on my end. You look okay on your end? All right. Well, let's get right back to it then. Video time, ladies and gentlemen. I need my headphones. I need my headphones. My God did this and made the devil pay for it. How incredible of a story is that, huh? All right. Here's a great story. Remember we were talking about being a child of God? This kind of backs that up. Roll it. We tell everybody, you're a child of God. False. It's not what the Bible says. Makes people feel good, but you make them feel good with a lie. We are not all children of God. We are all made in the image of God. But the Bible says this in John chapter 1, verse 11, that Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You have the right to become a child of God today. And that's the invitation. Will you accept the free gift of Jesus? But we tell... You have the right to become a child of God but you're not a child of God if you are not saved. You are made in the image of God only. Now, I don't know about you, but I want the whole kit and caboodle. I want to be made in the image of God, and I want to be a child of God. And how do you do that? Run the race of righteousness. When you know you're about to sin, or when you're flirting with sin, and you know that sin is imminent, run from it. No matter how much you desire it, no matter how much you want to do it, no matter what thoughts are in your head, no matter how much the devil is poking and prodding you, you need to run from it. I have another video I want to show for you. Remember last week when I said that God has been calling me to go and preach to people in prisons and to troubled youth in juvenile centers? Well, one of my favorite young worship artists is Brandon Lake. I think Brandon Lake and Phil Wickham are two young children of God who are changing the world. I believe this. Now, Chris, you're having a hard time today. Chris Larch, you're struggling today. Chris, you and I have both been in prison for the same thing, for the same exact crime, for the same exact case. And if people in prison can find joy, Chris, so can we. If you can find joy knowing your son 
is smiling down with a memorial at the skate park in his name, so can you. And then I saw this. I didn't know Brandon Lake was actually doing prison ministry. It's just another piece of validation that God wants me to do the same. Roll it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Doesn't matter what you feel like in the flesh. Feelings are not real. Feelings are wounds and scars that never healed. That's all that is. That you don't know how to let go of. That's what a feeling is. A feeling is not something real. A feeling is a scar, a bad feeling. It's a scar. It's the devil. Trying to discourage you from feeling joy and peace. That's what a bad feeling is. A bad feeling is not valid. Let me repeat that. A bad feeling is a scar that never fully healed that the devil is exploiting. Sew up that scar and let Jesus heal it to where it's gone. There's nothing in this world Better than freedom in the spirit. Doesn't matter where your body is. Doesn't matter what happens to it. Doesn't matter how they persecute you. All that matters is freedom in the spirit. That's it. Such a wonderful, wonderful thing to see people in the spirit. I think I had another video to here to show you. Oh, this is a good one too. This is a, this is a pretty powerful one too. Here we go. Colossians 1:10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, let us bear fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you do you see the, the arguments like live a life that's pleasing to him. The fear of the Lord, one that says he is worthy of all honor and praise, that the trembling before his majesty in that he is God wholly separate from you and he is coming and we will stand and give an account for our lives and there's a way to live right now that pleases him or provokes his discipline, not because he's mad at you, but because he loves you. And the Lord disciplines those he loves. That's but right. the right posture should be as best I can by the grace of God, knowing his love will hold. Let me live a life that's pleasing to him, which makes me serious about putting sin to death. I want to live into, like I know he sees everything. 
Do you believe that? This God who's this fierce still looks at you today. I don't care how you walk in. And his lead foot is still love. Amen. Like his lead foot is still to move towards you. Like me saying this today about the fear of God shouldn't provoke in you some anger towards me. The whole banner under which this is being said is that God loves you so much he won't leave you there. And he loves you so much he wants to turn your eyes up to his majesty so you'd stop being afraid, you'd stop being broken, and you'd take serious those things that are killing you right now and walk in freedom. This is the fear of the Lord. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you how the Spirit of God works on this show. I did not plan on playing that today. And he talked about freedom. I did not plan on playing that today. And if we go back to Hebrews, if we go back to Hebrews, ladies and gentlemen, I read from 12, 1, and 2. I read from Hebrews 12, 1, and 2. But, the, but if you go later in the verse, it talks about discipline. It talks about discipline. And I'm going to read another scripture on discipline from Timothy. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the Spirit of God gave us, or for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Listen to this. Discipline is a big battle for me. I'm not disciplined enough in my diet. My constant procrastinating on getting things done is definitely a lack of discipline. Now, Let's go back to this, the discipline of God in Hebrews 12.3. The very next verse from what I gave to you. The very next verse talking about the discipline of God. Again, I did not plan all this out. I did not put all this together. This is the Holy Spirit. It says, for consider him endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted the bloodshed striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you get scourged, if you get chastened, if you get disciplined, that means you're doing it right. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there from whom a father does not chasten? And do you want to know why I'm so pumped up and passionate right now? Because I just put all this together. I didn't know why God was having me read from discipline in God moments for men. I did not know why God brought me to the run the race of sin or run the race of righteousness. And then I just brought it all together. I just realized that the very next verse was discipline. If you want to run the race of sin, then it's not hard. Go run it. Everybody's running it. Everybody's winning. Everybody's winning medals. Everybody's getting Instagram followers. Everybody's on TV. Everybody's getting sponsorship deals. Everybody's making millions. Everybody's making money. But running... The race of righteousness is very hard. There's no cameras. There's no sponsorship deals. There's no TV. There's no everybody needing your interview, needing, a, needing a, 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 an autograph. But at the end, 
You don't win a big medal. You don't win a trophy and you're not on a box of Wheaties. But you get joy and salvation living forever with Jesus. And that takes discipline. Don't run the easy race where you get everything for free. Run the hard race with Jesus alongside you to help you when you get tired. And in the end, you win discipline. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show today. I love each and every one of you. I want to thank you for being here. And I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with some beautiful worship music. Sean Farish and Ungoverned comes up next. And I'll see you at 11 o'clock for Live from America and tomorrow at 9 for more Rise Up. God bless you. I love you. Have a great morning. God